G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Joy. It's such a simple word. Three letters, just one syllable. So why is joy so elusive? We try so hard to find it. But... Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a new series of messages called It's Time to Start Enjoying Your Life. Because quite frankly... That's precisely what it's time for. So let's head across to God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free booklet called How to Enjoy Your Life that I'd love to send you to help you truly live in the joy of the Lord day by day no matter what life throws at you. Well, it's great to be with you again this week, and we're starting a new series on the program called It's Time to Start Enjoying My Life. I really am looking forward to this series because joy is such a big issue in life. It's such a simple little word, just three letters, one syllable, joy. And yet, it seems in such short supply. It's more precious than gold or silver. Think about it. How many of the people that you know would say, if asked, I'm really enjoying my life? And if I asked you, how much on a scale of 0 to 10 are you enjoying your life right now? How would you answer? Most people, most people hover somewhere around the middle or the bottom half of that 0 to 10 scale. Why is it, though, that joy seems to be in such a short supply in this world. You know, there's not one person that I know, if I ask them, would you like to experience joy in your life? I don't know anyone that would say, oh, no, I, I know. I don't think I need joy in my life. Joy is, is such, such a wonderful thing. It's such an important thing. Now, I've travelled to lots of parts of this planet, places where people are really wealthy. I mean, mega wealthy. Places where people are moderately well off. And places where people live in abject poverty. I know people who are rich and people who are poor. Tall and short, black and white, thick and thin. But you know something? None of those distinctions seem to have much to do with whether they're enjoying their lives or not. Those external things, well, at the end of the day, that's not really where it's at. You can have everything that money can buy, the, the latest plasma screen, the biggest new car, the finest clothes, jewellery, all those things and more, a wonderful husband or wife and great kids, you can have all of those things and still not really be enjoying your life. I heard a well-known, really wealthy businessman on TV the other night and he can have anything he wants. You could tell, though, as he spoke and you looked at him, you could tell that he had an unsettled life. He was looking for something. See, so often when it comes to joy and, and the levels of joy that we experience, they're so low 
and we blame those things on the outside. Well, well, I'd enjoy my life if I had more money. I'd enjoy my life if I had a better job. I'd enjoy my life if other people weren't so difficult, if, if it wasn't for the politics at work or, or the tension at home or my loneliness or... You name it, we can blame it. Then, then I'd enjoy my life. You know what I'm talking about. Blame, blame, blame. But you know why I know that it's not the things on the outside that give us joy? Because I used to be one of the people that thought that it was. I could holiday in five-star resorts, I did. Had gold-plated taps in the ensuite. You name it, I could have it, and I had no joy. I actually felt desperately miserable. You see, there's a big swindle going on in society, and I don't care whether you live in a wealthy country or whether you live in a poor country. Maybe you've heard me talk about it before, perhaps, and, and I take aim at the advertising industry. It's not really their fault because it's a symptom of a greedy society. See, they flash up on television and in the media and, and on radio seductive images of success, and they link them to the product that they're trying to sell us. And the message is, if you buy this product, you'll be happy. So you do, you buy that product, you spend your hard-earned cash, and you discover there's just no joy in it. And so we watch the next ad, and we buy the next thing, and it still doesn't satisfy, and we, we do the next thing, and it still doesn't satisfy. Oh, when I'm happily married, then I'll enjoy my life. But you know something? Another person can't make you happy. I have a wonderful wife, truly. Jackie is my absolute favourite person on planet Earth. But I can easily still feel empty and hollow and unhappy, even though I have her, even though I have a comfortable home to live in. See, we live in a world based on greed. Companies know that, so they trade on our dissatisfaction. They trade on our lack of joy. They trade on our desire to discover joy as the basis for earning more money to fill people's pockets to make them happy, but it never does. That's the swindle. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against capitalism. I'm not against free enterprise. I'm not against people working hard. Those things on their own, though, just don't bring you joy. And yet, over and over and over again, we go looking for joy in all the wrong places. Ah, if I'm entertained, I'll enjoy myself then, sure. For a short time, some entertainment might make us feel good. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a deep, abiding contentment, a deep joy that never goes away. Right through the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs and the good times and the bad times, a joy that's deep inside somewhere, that words can't describe. That's what I'm talking about. Joy, real, abiding joy. Now, you might say to me, Bernie, is that what life's all about? Aren't you being unrealistic? Are you being a Christian hedonist? You know, the whole point of knowing God is so that you feel good. Well, let me tell you something. One of God's greatest promises is the promise of joy when we have a relationship with him. It's not an optional extra. He talks about it literally hundreds of times through the Bible. We're going to look at some of those over the coming weeks. Psalm 126 verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Jesus said, and you can read it in John chapter 16 verse 24. By the way, if you have a Bible, grab it. We're going to need it today. John chapter 16 verse 24. Until now, he said, 
you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Joy is not some optional extra in our relationship with God. It's an integral part of God's plan for our lives. So often God says he's going to do this or do that so that our joy would be complete. So he wants complete joy for us. A joy that never fades, a sweet, calm delight in our hearts, no matter what life throws at us. And it's a joy, a joy that comes from him. problem is so many people are trying to chase down this elusive thing called joy, just looking in the wrong places. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. There are times in life when it seems as though laying hold of the joy of the Lord is pretty much impossible. And yet it's precisely in those times that we need his joy and it's precisely in those times that God wants to give you his joy. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called How to Enjoy Your Life. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you truly live in the joy of the Lord day by day. And indeed, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on one 415 and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on one 415 Now, joy is one of those things that we all want to have. I mean, not one person on this planet doesn't want it. So where does it come from? I mean, whose idea is it? And, and is it really for you and, and me? And there's something awesome about being around a person who has a deep sense of joy. Maybe you know one or two people like that. Often they're not sort of over-the-top, really outgoing people, Sometimes they're quiet and gentle, but you just know that there's something inside them that you want. They seem to cope so well with the curved balls that life throws at them. They seem to have so much to give. They have like, like a quiet, understated kind of gentle confidence. Maybe confidence isn't the right word. Maybe, maybe contentment is the word I'm looking for. And that person's joy kind of invades our heart space. And we just want to be around them. It feels good because they're safe and encouraging and they're just great to be around. Most of us only know one or two people like that. But what we know is that we want to be around them because it does us a whole bunch of good. My hunch is we kind of all relate to that. Joy is a commodity that seems to be in such short supply. The advertising industry, as I said before the break, tells us, buy this product and you'll experience joy. It never happens. It's, it's a symptom of a greedy world. Me, 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 more, more, more. But the more that we chase after this precious commodity that we call joy, the more, well, the more elusive it becomes. For much of my life, I truly subscribe to the philosophy that if all my needs were met, all my desires, I would experience joy. I had the big house. I had the latest car. I had gadgets galore. 
but they never brought me the joy and the contentment I was looking for. So where do you get it? You know, Christians sometimes get a little bit uncomfortable with the fact that we're talking about joy because it, you know, it appears to be self-centered that we would be chasing after joy. When Jesus came to this planet, he came proclaiming what? The kingdom of God. The reign of God in our lives. And people got confused. They saw the Roman occupation in first century Israel and they thought, here is this Messiah to set us free from that kingdom of oppression and re-establish God's kingdom in Israel, like when David was king, back to the good old days. Now, that's not what he was talking about at all. He was talking about something that happens in our hearts. In Luke chapter 17, verse 20, the Pharisees asked him about the kingdom of God, and they said, when would it come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God isn't coming in a way that you can see. People won't say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. People thought it was a physical kingdom. God had another plan. The Apostle Paul, he puts it really well in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. He's talking about religious rules here, but he says the kingdom of God is not a matter of food or drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? The kingdom of God isn't about these physical things, not rules and regulations about what to eat and drink. It's about three things. Righteousness, which is what we have when we believe in Jesus and we experience his forgiveness. A right standing with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. Getting our lives back on track. And through that, we then get a peace and a joy. These are the things that the kingdom of God is all about. And they come to us, not through buying the latest gadget or extending the house or renovating the bathroom. No, they, they come to us through the Holy Spirit. And it's not a peace and a joy that the world offers. It's not something you can buy off the rack in the store. Not that at all. It's a gift from God. And it's something that Jesus talked about over and over and over again. Flip your Bible across from Luke to John chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus' disciples were afraid. Jesus is about to be crucified. Everything they've believed and seen over the last three and a half years is falling in a screaming heap. And look at what Jesus talks about. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy might be complete. Jesus is about giving us God's joy, even in those incredibly difficult times, and in fact especially in those times, and making our joy complete. Let me share something really interesting and profound with you. The Greek word, remember the New Testament is written in Greek. The Greek word for joy used right through the New Testament is closely related to the word for free gift and the word for grace. You see, God's joy is this thing that he wants to lavish on us freely. It's part of his grace. It's, it's an integral part of who he is and what he's done through Jesus Christ. And over and over and over again, what we see is that the joy that Jesus talks about isn't the joy from the world. It's the joy that comes from God. It's not some joy we conjure up for ourselves. It's not something we experience because something good happened to us today or we bought some new clothes or something. No, God is a God of joy. 
I challenge you, we're not going to go there today, but I challenge you to read just one chapter in the Bible. It's Luke chapter 15. Jesus tells three parables. One is about a shepherd who loses a sheep. One is about a widow who loses a coin. And one is of a father who loses his son. And in each case, these people regain what they had lost. Jesus told these stories to explain to us what God is like. The point of it is the joy in God's heart when he gets us back. The father of the prodigal son responds with such joy, he just lavishes it on his son who once was lost but now is found. He throws a party. My experience is I tried to get joy hits in so many different places before I met Jesus. I had the money to spend, so I did. I spent a fortune trying to capture joy and get it in my heart. But I never did. Until one day, I encountered Jesus Christ. His presence, His Spirit, is what flooded my heart with joy. It overflows out of me into the lives of other people. Not perfectly, but in a way that words can't describe. Peter the Apostle puts it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Even though you haven't seen him with your own eyes, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him and you're filled with an unspeakable and glorious joy because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I didn't realize it at first, but as my relationship with Jesus began to grow, that unspeakable and glorious joy, a joy that... I'm good with words, but I can't find words to describe because it's it's unspeakable and glorious. That wondrous joy filled my heart. It's not something you and I can conjure up. It's God's joy, and he pours it into our hearts through his Holy Spirit as we experience his forgiveness and start to live in his goodness and ditch the rubbish we used to think and speak and do. That's why Paul wrote, God's kingdom isn't about rules and regulations and physical things. It's about righteousness and peace and joy, God's righteousness, God's peace and God's joy that are given to us through the Holy Spirit. It's totally out of this world. Jesus was talking about his peace. He said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give it to you the way the world does, so don't let your hearts be troubled and don't let them be afraid, he says in John chapter 14, verse 27. See, until we experience it, we just don't understand it. And even when we do, it's impossible to find words that describe the wondrous reality of the joy and the peace that Jesus Christ brings. They're not from this world. They come from him. And we can look in as many holes and under as many logs as we like, but it's not until we put our trust in him, completely in him, that we experience his joy. We dwell in his presence. We pray. We're filled with such a wonder and such an awe and such a joy unspeakable. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw ever closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional, a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. 
To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. Now, some people try to believe in Jesus from a distance. I tried, and believe you me, it just doesn't work. So when you talk to them about the joy of the Lord, they say, yeah, sure, but it's not really for me. Really? And granted, perhaps, given where you're at just at the moment, the idea that you could enter the gates of joy with thanksgiving in your heart may seem a remote possibility indeed. But stick with me, because that's exactly what God has planned for you. We've been talking about the fact that God's plan is to fill us with joy. But sometimes people look at God from a distance and they say, well, you know, I don't believe that that joy is for me. I don't know. Let me share a story with you. I visited a barber shop recently to have my hair cut. And as Bert the barber went to work, we began to talk. We talked about well, all sorts of things, sport as you do in a barber shop, politics, interest rates. Eventually, we ended up on the subject of God. Bert says to me, you know, Bernie, I don't believe that God exists. That's interesting, I said. Why do you say that? Here's what he said. Well, you just have to go out into the street to realise God doesn't exist. Tell me, if God existed, would there be so many sick people? Would there be so many abandoned children? If God existed, would there be pain and suffering? I can't imagine a loving God would allow these things to happen. I thought about it, but I didn't want to get into an argument with him, so when my haircut was done, I just paid and headed out the door. But just outside the door, there was a man in the street with long, stringy, dirty hair and an untrimmed beard. He looked dirty and unkempt. So I turned around and headed straight back into the barber shop, and I said to Bert, You know what, Bert? Barbers don't exist. He was a bit taken back. He said, How can you say that? I'm here. I'm a barber. I just worked on you. No, I said... Barbers don't exist, because if they did, there wouldn't be any people with dirty long hair and untrimmed beards like that guy outside. But Bert was sharp as a tack. He said, ah, but barbers do exist. That's what happens when people don't come to me. Exactly. That's the point. God does exist too. But all that stuff you were talking about, that's what happens when people don't go to him. End of discussion. You get my point? People want to criticise God from a distance, but you can't do that. We're talking this week about joy, God's joy. And if we want to enjoy our lives, we have to enter into that joy. We can't stand at a distance and complain about God and can't say he's not real and criticize him. If we want to have that joy, we have to enter into the joy. I love poetry, always have. There's a beauty and wonder in taking something profound and expressing it in poetry. And the book of Psalms, Psalm 100 verse 3 says this, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through to all generations. God has a heart full, a God-sized heart full of joy that he wants to pour into our hearts. 
That's what we've been looking at on the program today. Jesus said it over and over again. He said, I have said these things to you so that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be complete. And where we kind of sit back at a distance, either totally scornful of God, as I used to be, or maybe kind of believing in him at a distance, believing that, well, he's God, but never, never really believing that, well, he would want to fill me, me, with his joy. Come on, wake up. God's joy, a joy that we can't find anywhere else in this world, a joy the words can't express, a joy unspeakable, is an integral part of his plan for our lives. But we have to walk through the door. We have to enter into that joy to enjoy. That's what enjoy means, to enter into the joy. We need to ask and thirst and spend time with him and pray and beat his door down and don't leave him alone until he does what he said he'd do to give us his joy and so make our joy complete. It's a joy that fills us in the good times and the bad times. Ask, search, knock. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever searches, finds. Whoever knocks, well, to that person the door will be opened. If we as parents, evil as we are, give our children good gifts, how much more do you think our Father in Heaven will give us good gifts when we ask? I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. Before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This Christianity Works program is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to enter into the joy of the Lord. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. You see, each dollar that you give towards the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with the gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely, online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called How to Enjoy Your Life. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.